three, three, two, two, one. It's time for the show. Action. You're listening to the It's My Time podcast, a recording of the experiences past and present of everyday people. And now, here's your host, the one and only, Asher, Asher Chua. So how was your weekend? It was great. You know what I mean? Um, I'm in this place where, you know, I just, I've learned to be content in all things. So, you know. Mm. It's funny you say that. It's a good place to be. So so it's not as if I don't have reasons to say that I didn't have a good weekend. It's mm-hmm. just, you know, I don't really pay too much attention to that. I try to focus on the positives of uh, the day, keep my focus, you know, kind of centered on, okay. Mm. I want to make sure I'm I'm, fo- I'm I'm not losing focus because of something. To me, bad 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 situations can be distractions or they can be opportunities. So right. you just have to put them in. If it's a if it's a distraction, you disregard it. Mm-hmm. It's an opportunity. You take advantage of it. So mm-hmm. that's awesome. I noticed you got your shirt on there. You got the the uh, brand yeah. and everything popping. I don't do any. Po- I, I made up my mind. I'm not doing any podcast without my shirt. I like it. Can you just back up a little bit like that? Yeah. There you go. There you go. Okay. I like it. Nice. Or maybe just tilt it up just a little bit. Right there. Yep. That looks good. So you got you got the uh the brand going, you've got the book to go with it. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Oh show it, show it, show it. So here's my book. Discover uh, your gift by Patrick Pete. It says, Know, know you are a gift and unleash the hero within. Wow, that's powerful. So, uh, and I'm, in the class, uh, it's been really blessed. And I, I've got a workbook that I created too for it. So, nice. Uh, so, what, what my desire is to, because you know, this is when you just. You don't you don't kind of let try to control things. You kind of let things flow as as, as God uh, will. Mm-hmm. And so me me doing the focus group uh, at my church has really given me a window into what I think God wants me to do. Because what I believe is that God wants me to promote the book as a as as the centerpiece of a of discussion groups around the world. Like mm-hmm. have people get together and and discuss the principles of the book together. Right. So if I if I had to say okay, what would I want? What I would want discussion to do all over the world, just talking about with each other, about <laughs> what the gifts are, gotcha. and how they can come to a place of uh, realization. Because I, what I've realized about journeys is they're very they are very rarely successfully uh, uh, successfully uh, completed alone. You need people around you. So. Can you say that one more time? What you realized about journeys? Say it one more time. You, can you repeat what what you just said about journeys? If I caught it right, you said they're rarely um, completed alone. Completed successfully alone, mm. right? So, so you may start on a journey, but along the journey, you know, you meet other people on the journey. You meet, right. You know, that's like chapter four of the book is called. The divine quest, you know, when you are moving into the path and direction God's called you to be in, you're going to meet people, you're going to have people who are going to uh, be able to help you because it's on this journey where you discover your gift. That's the journey, but but most people don't do it because they're not on that journey. Gotcha. And they're they're on courses of life that were were, uh, 
what I want to do. Uh, pre predestined by somebody else who, who who thinks they know what's best for you. Sometimes it's your parents. Sometimes it's your your spouse. You know, mm-hmm. you got to do is that place where you know your the true you, and when you know the true you, you're not going to take journeys that you're not intended to be on. Gotcha. That's a great point. So let me let me if if I may. I'd like to ask you this question, and um, I think you'll appreciate it. Who do you say you are? Who do I say I am? Yes, sir. Um, that's an interesting way you uh, uh, ask that question. Um, because when you're asking, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if you're asking, you know, what my name is, uh, you're asking me what my purpose is. So I'm going to answer All, it. all the above. Okay. However you interpret it. However I interpret it. Okay, so I'm going to say... I'm Patrick Pete. I'm the son of, uh, of uh, Wilbert John Pete and Elma uh, Jean Stubblefield. I am, uh, you know, a proud African American uh, from Houston, Texas, uh, who believes in Jesus Christ. Who, who, not because of what I've been taught, but because of the relationship that I have with Him. Uh, I'm someone who. Believe that my purpose in life is to help people rediscover who they are. And if they already know who they are, develop uh, the ability to know that person in a real way, to master their gifts, their calling, their purpose. And, and this is the most important part. And to drive and motivate them to go out and reach and be instrumental in transformation and impact the lives of those they're called to by God to impact. In other words, I believe that there's a certain group of people who God has called for all of us to impact. Like there's some people that when they hear Ash's voice, it motivates and drives something in them. That's my belief, right? And oftentimes the problem is that the act that the people who are motivated by hearing Ash's voice and being driven by Ash's gift never hear it, right? Because the person never becomes it, never walks in it, never does it, never uh, becomes aware of it. And so what happens is that person is less than they should be. And then the people that they call the impact never uh, are hindered from a certain space and place in their life, right? right? So I guess that's, you know, based on the criteria you gave me, that's what I would say. <laughs> that's a great response. And and with it, with um, how you tied it in there with understanding what your purpose is, and I guess essentially that's what your book is about. What, how did you, how did you come to realize your purpose? As in, like, this is what I'm here to do. This is my gift to help other people realize their gifts. Well, I kind of I talk about it in the book. In, okay. in what, what, uh, you don't have to give it all away. Oh no, it's okay. You know, I mean, uh, there's a. I think the book has a lot, lot of richness in it. No matter what I give, you can always pull something out of it and be able to get something. Uh, get the get what the book was intended to get get to you mm. uh, in terms of uh, its impact in your life. So um, I think that uh, the way that I was. I really understood and found my calling was through the pain I experienced in my life, right? Mm-hmm. So so oftentimes what happens is adversity is the thing that that, that, that kind of creates a situation in our lives that, that brings us to a place of uh, 
of understanding. It's, it's, that, it's, that, it's that challenge in life that brings out the thing that's in you because your gift in a spiritual sense is kind of like, uh, you know, walking or flying for a bird. In other words, if you throw a bird out, yeah, yeah. the experience of falling will cause the bird to start flapping his wings instinctively, right? Mm-hmm. And then the bird then realizes, oh, well, hold up. You know, they realize, wait a minute, I got some here. Right? Right. But they don't know that before. And so and so adversity does that to us for the bird is throwing them out the nest. Uh, for me, it was, you know, my health challenges. It was divorce that my parents had. Uh, it was, you know, a lot of things in my upbringing uh, just kind of pushed me into, uh, you know, a realization that um, there's something in me that that gets stirred up when I see somebody with the ability to do something and then they don't do it. And, and I, that's, that's really a bad way to say it. they don't do it as if I'm the, I am the uh, arbiter of whether they should or should not do it. It's just, you're just saying uh, like they don't realize what you like the potential you see in them, like from a distance. Yeah. So, so I would use the go back to the bird analogy. I don't want to say that you know I don't see potential in them, but something gets stirred in me when I see a, a bird falling and flailing and not flying. Right? Mm, right, right. It's not it's not me saying you should be doing what I think you should do. It's, it's <laughs> in crisis, right? But I see uh, you're in crisis, and I'm looking at you like, man, just flap your wings, right? And so that's the part that I think um, uh, sort of stirred up in me a realization that uh, I had uh, uh, a real passion and a desire to, to help people in their area. And so in the book, I kind of talk about how adversity kind of pushes you to this place. And when you get to that place and you, 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 you're purified and perfected through the adversity of what you go through, you know, we kind of talk about that. Um, then what occurs is now you become uh, a leader uh, in, in, uh, amongst the people who have gone through the same pain you, you've gone through. So, for example, in the book I'm talking, I think it's chapter five or, or, or I think it's five really five, six, and seven, where I talk about, you know, who are you calling him? I, you know, first I first I talk about who you, who are you? It's funny. That's a chapter in the book. You asked me who I said, yeah. There's a cha- but there's a couple of chapters in there. I think it might be six, seven. Six and seven, I think, six, seven, and eight, where, where we talk about who you call an impact, right? And that's where the connection comes, because when you realize and you overcome the adversity that pushes you to this certain place. The way you know what you're calling your purpose is, is when you come in contact with the people that you're called to impact. And oftentimes the way that you know who they are is because you you are motivated by seeing them in pain in a way that you have experienced but have overcome. Can you say that one more time just a little bit slower? Like you just ran right by that. Okay. Oftentimes... The, the, it's it's not it's not a uh, there's really three critical components to me to calling your purpose is it's the one who called you in other words whatever your spiritual groundedness is amongst us that's 
you know, I believe in Jesus Christ, our faith in God. Uh, it's, it's who called you, right? And then it's who you're called to impact, right? Those are two components. And then it's you, the called. So there's who called you, mm-hmm. the called, and those that you are called to impact. And so mm-hmm. it's that, 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 that trinity of activity that really pinpoints your calling because how you're driven is is God put the calling in you. That's what my 29.1 is. is. So you already kind of have it in you. You kind of, it's in you. It's, right, right. You know, it's calling you, but, but, but life and experiences kind of cloud you. Mm-hmm. But adversity, adversity is what kind of clears the, 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 the cobwebs out because now you're faced with a situation or it might be life and death. Mm-hmm. And that then causes you, because here's the deal. Remember I told you about the bird flailing? Right, right. You are going through adversity. You instinctively will go to the thing that you're gifted in to try to get you out of it, mm-hmm. right? And right. so just like the bird falling, the bird falling uh, makes them flap their wings, right? Uh, so these are the types of things. So adversity will make you, will force you to function in it even though you might not even know what you're doing. And it's from this perspective that you start to move into the place that you need to move. So, so when you start to, um, when you start to, you know, overcome, start to operate in your gift, start, you know, master your gift, you know, this is when you start getting into that space. But, but the key, the key part of everything is that interrelationship between you and those you call the impact. That's the key. Like we are the call to impact for E. Right. You see what I'm saying? Right. And everything that he gets right now in terms of blessing, confirmation, yeah. it all comes from us. That's yeah. where it comes from. Right. And when you're saying E, just for anybody listening, you're talking about Eric Thomas. Eric Thomas, Dr. Yeah. Eric Thomas. Yeah, yeah. You know, that, that's the connection. Yeah. And it's because he loves people that he builds on this. So his, his calling is to help people. Right. Like me, mm-hmm. yeah, my... I believe that if you do everything you're supposed to do, you can um, you can um, live the life you want to live. You can you can ha- have wholeness and fulfillment if you if you if you operate in your if you know master and operate in your gift. Because I believe that you you will have fulfillment. Like I get fulfillment. Just I mean I. I literally think that the book is literally saving my life because I believe that there are things that are occurring in me physiologically every time I go to this class and talk about this book. Mm -hmm. I mean, because I get energy. Doesn't matter how I feel. I just get energy. Then when I'm interacting, when you hear somebody talking about your book and converse with you, it just does something to you. Right. When you see them highlighting in the book that you wrote, (laughs) Oh, this right here. This really hit me, you know. And and I, I love how God this did this. I could not have experienced that when I was younger because I would have been arrogant and I would have been a narcissist. But because I've went through so much struggle and pain and heartache that now I just appreciate it, right? Right. I'm thankful. And now because I understand what God is doing, I just want to, here's why I wrote that. Here's what I think, you know. You just made have a great time. So yeah, man. So I, I, I got I got a direction that I'm going. Uh and hopefully uh yeah, hopefully I can impact the world in a way where I can make a dent in people who don't know who they are. Cause I, I, I honestly believe that there'll be less suicides. Yeah. I think there'll be less violence. Mm-hmm. I think the more people that know who God called them to be and the more people get in touch with who God called them to impact. 
I just think it, it, it's, it's, it, it'll be, you know, because it, I, I'm dealing with it myself. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't have a lot of anger and animosity because I feel like I'm doing what I was put on the earth to do. So anything that's not in line with that, I don't waste no time with, period. Yeah. I don't know if I told you about the time I was uh, at Costco and I pulled in this guy, sh- you know, rolled by, by me and shot the rod at me. And, mm-hmm. uh, and then when I was sitting in the car, he was, he, he stopped his car you know, like waiting for me to get out. Right? Yeah. So he drives by, gives you the bird, and just sits right, there and waits right. on you. So, so what, what struck me was where I was at as a person, because I didn't even, I just got out of the car and said, hey, man, my bad. Sorry mm. about that. Kept walking. Yeah. I thought about that because I haven't always been that way. Mm. I used to be somebody, you're not going to disrespect me. Right. So I would have had to deal with you shooting me right. I might have ignored that, but if you're going to stop your car, that's, and you know what I realized? That's how people get killed. That's that's how uh, crime happens. That's how black on black crime. This is a black guy. I got like, really? I thought to myself, but I ain't need And then this guy was walking with me. He's like, you didn't do anything. You know, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. You know, I was like, I said, I don't know what that guy I've been through. I don't know what he's been through. So he's like, you're a better man than me. And I just thought about it. Because I didn't I didn't take it in like it was me. I just, right. all I did was think that's how it happened. When we read about, you know, and then we, we blow it up, you know, uh, uh, black on black crime. That's how it happened right there because two people uh, come in contact with each other. And yeah. one of them, you just need one person yeah. to have the right mindset for it to be nothing. Like right. there's nothing there. It happened. Now, what if I would have been like I was when I was in my 20s? Mm. What if I would have pulled my gun out from under my seat, put it in my pants and, and said, what? What you going to do? Right. I could have done that, right? But... So I mean, like, what, what, what kind of pulled you away from that? I know you, you and I, we spoken offline, or we spoken on the prayer line. I know, I know my purpose. I know why God has me here, and so that, that's not, that has no importance to me. Gotcha. But I mean, how, like, what? I don't, I don't base the value of my life on whether I'm respected or disrespected. Mm-hmm. I base the value of my life on whether I'm operating in my purpose or not. Mm-hmm. So getting into an argument with this guy about a parking space and you shooting a rod at me has right. nothing to do with my purpose, mm-hmm. right? So I'm not going there. I'm, I'm, right. I got to go, you know what I'm saying? It just right, seems right. foolish to me now. Yeah. It didn't seem foolish to me when I was younger. I mean, for, for people that don't know, it's like um, you're what, like six six five or? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Six, so like for people that don't know, they, they may hear your voice and it's like for the longest time I, I heard your voice a little bit and we met for the first time in uh, 2017 for one of the ET's conferences. Yeah. And uh, the first time that I saw you, I just, I just had like this grin on my face where I was like, Oh man, like it wasn't just like seeing you, but meeting you at a spiritual event where um, he was going to speak. And just like the word that he gave before the conference that I went there to see, I was like, man, like that, that just hit my soul. And then after the fact, seeing like strong black men, like working together to like put chairs up and like how they did it, like military fashion. I was like, this is what I know always exists. And I fight it every day to kind of be like, I'm not going to pay attention to the news or what's going on popular or any of that stuff, because it's just like, it's this, um, I heard it from the rich dad, poor dad book where they talk about chicken little running around saying the sky's falling, the sky's falling. It's like, 
all the while nothing's happening. So it's like a lot of times things just get put out of proportion and it's what's attractive. It's like the here and now, the instant gratification that everybody flocks to. But time and time again, like you get played because you got off of your purpose, like you said, and you like, are you going to react to the guy flipping you the bird or are you just like, oh, it is what it is. Maybe it's like my bad. Like it's yeah. better that you say it's my bad and you just diffuse the situation all together than just get into it with them and then it goes from bad to worse. Yeah, you know, and, and, and what's funny is the way that I, I'm wired, like some people, like my sister's not wired like that, you know. Mm. She's, somebody tell her that the stove is hot, she's just not going to touch the stove. Mm. I have to touch the stove. <laughs> yeah, I just, you know, and it's, you know, I don't look at it negatively anymore, uh, but I do put it in context. In other words, there are situations where you just need to not touch the stove. It'd be a life or death situation. Yeah. But, but I, I'm, I'm using that metaphor uh, because uh, the way that I'm wired, you know, I, I, these experiences that I go through are learning experiences. So um, diffusing situations now has gone from me trying to avoid a bad situation. We're mm -hmm that diffusing situations creates the environment for a great situation to occur. Mm. So I have a totally different mindset. I'm not trying to avoid trouble. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to create an opportunity. I'm trying to create light. I'm trying to create youth. And if you right. focus on that, you don't even have to think about darks and all of this stuff. Right? Like mm -hmm. walking into the Costco. The reason why I was the way I was before is because I was in a dark place. Right? Yeah. I'm not in a dark place, so I'm not going to sit here and you know go at it with somebody. And I just thought it was interesting that this other guy said, "Yeah, you're better because I wasn't really that really wasn't ready for that. Like, kind of guy not allow this to go down this path and it gave me a window into how i'm going to deal with you know right, color, right? i'm just going to always the, the, the scripture blessed is the man that walketh not in the council of the young god now watch it just other parts you know stand in the path of sinners that's a that's a, that's something that people just pass through mm -hmm. really what that says is when people doing wrong don't get in their way yeah don't, don't say don't do that just say blessed is the man that walketh not in the path of the young god you know stand in the path of the, uh, blessed the man that walketh not in the council of the young guys, no standing them standing in the path of sinners. In other words, when people doing wrong, don't get caught up. Correct. And so that's where I'm at because because what, what passage is that? Uh Proverbs one one, I think. Okay. I used to, uh, my son and I memorized that together. I just started going back to um reading one a day and I think I was reading Proverbs 8 the other day and I, I just had to slow down. I was like, it's talking about wisdom and its characteristics. And I was like, I, I need a minute to digest this. Like I read one sentence and I was like, I got to go back, read that a few more times because it just like, just, it's, there's a lot, like there's a lot of, um, what's the word, meat to it, or there's a lot of um, information and just like, things that will do, do well for your, like your being, just being able to get up. And I, I got this, this book recently. I think I may have heard you guys mention it on the line or E it's a uh, Dennis Kimbrough's book of think and grow rich. Yeah. A lot of people love that book. Yeah. And I, I got it and I just let it sit kind of somewhere for a little while. But for some reason I opened it, I think on the uh, October 1st, because I was like, okay, let me, like, I want to put the podcast out that day. You're going into the fourth quarter, just end the year off. Right. It was a little rough at the start. And finally, when I just opened the book, I'm like, oh, maybe if I would have paid attention to the, the title a little bit, 
then I would have noticed that it says daily motivations and it's literally one page a day is just, here's a short story. Here's a quote from an African-American um, celebrity or, or someone that's done something that's recognizable. And then it just gives you an end of the day thought or motivation. And I was like, wow, that, that just made my, that just made me feel better. And it's like, I, I got back into the, the morning routine of getting up in the morning, um, making my bed, meditate and then get out of the house go for a walk or go for a run and it's like it just it's, it's crazy how it seems so simple but it's like you just get back to doing the things that are working and slowly but surely you start like getting closer to your purpose or getting closer to your goal and i'll definitely have to grab your book because right now i'm going through a series of book with um boundaries by henry cloud and um mr townsend i forget his first name but that's like a good one for uh Christian like biblical principles because it's like for me I have a hard time saying no to people and that's something I, I noticed I had to correct but not to go off on a tangent I know that um, I know that um, one thing you said or I, I caught you'd said it on the line because of the work environment that you're at but you said something along the lines of that if you're good enough at what you do the environment will change to you like it will mold to you can you like elaborate on what you meant by that or what what that means to you okay so i'm going to use a science analogy all right and the science analogies i'm going to use is how how mass impacts space right? <coughs> larger a body is <coughs> the more impact it has on space. That's the whole dynamic of what Einstein talks about. And so, you know, examples we can use are how the entire solar system and how the planets function is really driven by Jupiter. It is driven by the, the primarily by the sun because we all revolve around it. But, 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 but there's a reason why we don't get hit by a lot of foreign objects. Why we don't have a lot of meteors hit our planet the way and the primary reason is because of Jupiter because Jupiter is so big that it's hard for anything to get past Jupiter to get inside of Jupiter. There's not a lot of, of meteoric uh, activity uh, of large bodies from Jupiter in, right? Because um, it's hard to get past Jupiter, right? To do much of anything. Um, I think the same can be applied to a spiritual or a mental or even a physical what that is physical, but, but but in the spiritual sense, the, the, the more you, you bring, you know, the stronger you are spiritually, the stronger you are mentally, the stronger you are as an individual gives you a mass that impacts the space around you, right? And so in that same sense, I think that when you are being your best self, uh, that is when you have the proper mass to create the right environment, to create the, the right uh, ecosystem for you to do whatever it is you need to do, right? Most, most people who aren't being what God called them to be are unable to influence the environment around, right? Yeah. They're kind of uh, subject to the, 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 you know, they're kind of subject to, to, to the uh, dynamics of, 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 of the things in their environment versus their, they, versus the things in their environment being subject to them. Mm -hmm. The more you do, the better you are, the more you're focused on 
what you call it, do. The more you drive the narrative. And, and you just, it's with people and individuals and situations. Uh, Trump is not a good person. I don't think there's anything good about him, but he's he's massive. Mm. And so he's creating a dynamic. Right, right. Because he's he's yeah. got that personality. Like he, every time he does something, everybody responds. They're like, oh, okay. Yeah, chap- chapter three of the book talks about the true you versus the perverted you. Mm-hmm. And I never thought about this you said it, but the massive individual you become is massive on either side. In other words, when you become a true you, you're massive, but you're massive for good. When you become perverted, you're massive, but you become massive for, for evil. So mm-hmm. the, busy, the biggest example of that yeah. is Adolf Hitler. Who's an example in the book? Here's a person who's, who perverted his gift and was a perverted version of himself and plunged the entire planet into world war. Mm. And the ripples of what he did still reverberate today, right? You're right. And right. So, so he, bent, he bent the arc of the universe in which he was in. Mm. So, so perversion and being true both create massive aspects of who you are. It's just that one is destructive and the other one is is not. Mm. So I guess like, let me ask you this, since you you seem very, like you, you've done your research to be able to write the book, like how did you come to like this point of knowing? Is this something that you've gained over your years of life or is it like something that came all of a sudden? Like how did you become aware of your purpose to the point to where you understood you needed to write the book and like going through the process of writing the book? That goes back to the, what I talked about earlier, which is adversity, what you go through, relationship with God. So you can go through adversity, and if mm-hmm. you don't have, if you're not spiritually centered, it mm-hmm. will, it will, it will knock you off into uh, out of orbit, and then you're out, you know. But but if you have a spiritual center, mm-hmm. even though you go through adversity, you're able to stay within orbit. Gotcha. But how do you get? Sorry, go ahead. I was going to ask, how do you get spiritually centered if you're not like spiritually aware, or say you don't like necessarily know God or like believe in God like is that too much of a question or like you know spiritual centeredness is not something that can happen external to you it has to happen internal so if you don't get to that space then you you out of luck and I, I use my my cousin as an example killed herself she was the most beautiful person that I knew in my life and yet she took mm-hmm. her own life mm-hmm. she was a sweetheart yeah she was beautiful she just never got a break now I don't know why I don't know what it was about. And that's why I had a problem with God. I couldn't reconcile it. But I just realized I, I, that's not God hasn't called me to know why she did it. Right. And I don't I don't I don't try to reconcile it or make it right, right. Uh, I'm trying to say, oh well, you know, because people people always people always this is something people do that I don't like, but I don't get upset about. Which right. is people try to put things into boxes that 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 they they can wrap their head around it. And that includes your life. Like if I tell somebody a little bit, well, you know what? I know, but you know, you know, you wouldn't be who you was if it wasn't for that. Right. Yeah, right. Well, that's like that's like telling me that I fell off a, a, a building and, and hit the ground head first and survived, and then all of a sudden I learned how to play classical piano. Okay. Yeah. That's. I'm glad I learned that, but I'm not gonna then turn around and say that falling off a building and hit my head, you know, was a good experience. Or that's the recipe for learning classical piano, right? Right. You know, so, you know, some things just aren't meant to understand. I don't understand what my cousin I don't get it. And 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 I'm not not gonna say I'm okay with not knowing, but 
but I'm, I'm, I'm at a place where, you know, God don't, everything that God wants you to do, you know, man, I'd be okay with it. But if it's, that's his will, that's what I'm okay with. That's, that's God's will. Got you. And I mean, and the reason I'm asking the question is because like, um, like I grew up in the church and like, for me, it was always like, you do, you do faith, you do religion, like you do it traditionally, like you wake up every morning, you pray. And it's like, after a while, it it just kind of felt like going through the motions. And I didn't really start to question things until going to college and like being away from home. And then it's like, okay, this is the opportunity for you to decide whether what you were taught is valid, or if you're going to go experience the world and kind of see on your own, like what's out there. And for me, I would say like a few people posed questions to me where I was like, I, I don't really know because I, I either wasn't studying my Bible or um, like something for me had to click to where I was like, okay, like seeing Eric Thomas online, for instance, um, with the guru story or just having that, that adversity where I go to go to college, go through work and like I'm working a job that's not really fulfilling. And I understand that like for some reason, this isn't what I'm called to do. Like I'm doing work that anybody can do. Like there's no reason for me to spend five years to get an engineering degree from a top tier university, but then to turn around and to be on my hands and knees working like just a regular job. And I, and I don't say that to disrespect anybody that works a regular job. And it actually made me appreciate the people that do that work and appreciate what it is that they do. But kind of getting an, like having somebody challenge my mindset or coming across somebody that's put in my path to say, like, there's another way to do this. That kind of helped me reevaluate why it is that I um, believe in Christ or I cling to the Bible or Christianity and understand, okay, like there's a reason you have a purpose. It's not just get up every day, read a Psalm, read a Proverbs. And like, I'm just doing it for an assignment. But then when I actually took the time to start studying it, I took the time to start reading other books that reinforce biblical principles. That is something that kind of put the light switch on. And then once I fast forward like three, four years later, and I find out about a prayer line where African-American men majority can get on there and like they speak about things that are biblical as well as like just life and the reality of life. I was like, wow, this is amazing. Like you don't see that in a church where people tell you, okay, hey, pray for me or hey, I'm struggling um, with a relationship or hey, here's what I learned from this experience. Like good, bad, ugly. Like we speak confidentially, but like, I'm going to tell you, like, I'm going to be vulnerable enough to open up to you. And then we're not just going to pray on it, but we're going to take action. And we're going to, um, we're, we're going to talk about practical steps that you can take. Like you're going to get up, walk out of your house and go like walk to the mailbox and walk back. If you're facing depression, it's like, Hey, like you need to be around people. Like this isn't the time for you to isolate yourself because when you're isolating yourself, you're putting yourself in a bad position. But when you're on the line, you're talking with guys like you're in the barbershop, like that conversation, that socialization is positive for you to where it's like, Oh, okay. Like, I tuned in. I like when I, I kind of came back to, and like you said, it's, it's not something that you can explain, but like having that awareness placed upon me by God or just having that, like that coming back to myself again, I think that's what kind of made the difference for me that, so that 
I know I kind of went long there, but I said all that to kind of say, did you have one moment like that for yourself where like a specific thing of adversity where it was like, oh, okay, it's either like a health challenge or like, yeah, I think you mentioned, you mentioned having gone through a health challenge and if people see you, they, they probably don't have a clue. Like what, what could this guy, he's six, five, like great. He looks maybe like he's 40, like he's just right there just doing his thing like what in the world could he have gone through that like makes him like yeah. the mental giant oftentimes that's how people deal with me my wife even my wife went through it with me sometimes she would you know just look at how i look and, and you know, that's not the case anymore i think after i had the quadruple bypass surgery that kind of put things in uh clarity for her but i think the thing that that they, the aha moment for me was probably cancer prostate cancer because it was the one thing that i didn't understand why it occurred like no i okay i get it okay you know i'm diabetic you know i don't always eat right you know I, you know my genetics probably had something to do with that um the heart issue i can, i remember taking a physical this is always taking on that and uh to to get a post postal service job when I was in college. I might have been 18. And they told me, you know, you had a heart murmur. You know, when I uh, when I uh, was diagnosed with diabetes. That's Sonny D. Gotcha. Uh, sorry about that. No, you're, you're good. Uh, I'll send you the, the unedited clip after we finish up, but I'll do my best to cut it out. <laughs> okay. Uh, man, that, that threw me off. What was I saying? You're, you're talking about your health challenges because it's like, I know you're, you're calmly going over them, but like there's, there's a reason why you're not maximizing them as much, but they're important that you went through having diabetes, having prostate cancer, and having quadruple bypass heart surgery. Let me get back to what you were saying. Now, to, to tell you the moment, the moment was when I got when I got prostate cancer. That was the part I didn't understand that because everything else I could understand. Mm. I couldn't understand that. Like I, you know, I get this stuff. I get the diabetes. I even get the heart thing because I always kind of had some heart issues. It's kind of documented that people who are tall, mm -hmm. uh, because your heart doesn't get bigger mm. because you're taller. Right, right, right. So we all have relative. We have the same size hearts, but because you're taller it puts undue strain on your heart right because your heart has to pump out blood to get to the extremities of your body and it takes more effort so so typically you know and when, when that's how i got diagnosed with diabetes was my heart had enlarged uh, so i knew that i kind of understood the heart thing i kind of understood the diabetes thing but i didn't understand the cancer thing i just didn't get that and that was when i had this moment of realization that there are things in your life that you have no control over and so it made me in an instant my response was okay then i need to be about the business and making sure that the things i do have control over i do it in other words i was not gonna let i already know there are things that i'm not gonna have no control over it's just gonna happen and there's nothing i can do about it but i felt that if i then were was lazy or not 100 committed to the things that i could control that i could impact then i was just in a losing position and i don't like being in a losing position so i was like if whatever happens to me happen to me i want to make sure that the things i could control i use everything god intended me to use to deal with it and that's flipped it and, it, and and that that whole dynamic caused something in me because I realized the dynamic I was experiencing and thinking about was not just unique to me, but everybody goes through it. So now my mindset is, okay, 
I got to make sure I'm doing this and then that, blah, blah, blah. And then God, God just spoke to me about writing because I was in preview and I just wasn't feeling it. I was like, this is awesome. But I don't, I'm just, it's not me. And I, I was all the way in. Yeah. But I wasn't feeling it. I, I don't want to be a speaker. I may speak, but I don't want to be ET. Yeah. They are focused on what they're doing. Like they don't write books to be good writers. They write books to augment their speaking. Mm. I'm the director, and and that's that. That was another thing. Just how good God is. Somebody who I went to a National Speakers Association uh, Academy in Houston while I was in Houston, and that was why I still remember her name. Her name is Karen McCulloch, and she said, "You need to ask yourself a question: Are you a speaker who writes or a writer who speaks?" And right then. That's when I knew I'm a writer who speaks. I am not a speaker who writes. And so I focused, right then I focused on writing. Like when I wrote this book, I wrote this book to be a good good piece of writing. That's, That's the reason why I didn't rush it. Right. And so I get an enormous amount of, 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 of satisfaction and confidence in people who read this book and they tell my wife cried when I when I finished the book. When I when I'm in the class and people are saying things like I can't put it down and stuff like that. Yeah. That and, and, and this is not a this is not an entertainment book. Right, right. Right. So when people say that, I'm thinking about transforming and then people in the class, they you know, they telling me how the book's changing them. As people in the class, you know, they're crying because I'm I, because the Questions I'm asking are uh, really provoking them to think. When I ask, "What do you, what do you think?" I just recently talked. I said, "What do you think?" Uh, I'm not going to share what, what was said, but uh, one of the questions was, "What do you think has prevented you from being the best you that you can be?" That's one of the questions. I, I in fact, let me, let me, I want to make sure I get out. Uh, Properly. I yeah, I should have did these. Uh, no, you're good. Take your time. Chapter is different. But what? experience do you feel has distorted you? Ooh. And because because if you read through the chapter, we talk about distortions. Right. Like distortion does not necessarily mean perversion. But if you allow yourself to be distorted and you and you begin to embrace the, the distortions, then you become perverted. In other words, you, perversion is the antithesis of of giftedness, right? What's what's like, another antithesis? Yeah, it's it's the op- direct opposite. So, for example, a beautiful woman who prostitutes herself has perverted her beauty. She has taken her beauty and used it for something that's negative to her and those around her. Yeah. Right. Right. Adolf Hitler was a charismatic individual. He was, I don't want to use the word great, but he had the ability to move people when he spoke. Right. But he used it with murderous intentions. And I'm going to be honest with you. I think that that, uh, Trump is is, is perverted. Mm -hmm. I think he has gifts and abilities, but he's using them for... For, uh, he's using them to to speak to the the worst in people. That's that's my feeling about it. And so, um, so to answer your question, you know, I think that whole dynamic is what that's allows a person to do that. That's great because it's like how like how far apart were the the um the health challenges that she had like the from the cancer to the my my first time having heart issues was in two thousand so so it's been over the course of you know eighteen years I've been dealing with this gotcha 
well, yeah, and well, actually, longer than that. It's been, it's been about twenty-five years because because I, I I was diagnosed with diabetes uh, when my wife was pregnant with my daughter. So my daughter's twenty-seven. Mm-hmm. That should oh. give you an indication. That was the first year younger than me. Yeah. 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 So I've been on this journey a while. And when did you have your uh, your heart surgery? Oh man, I can't. It was. I think that's right around the time I, I just met you. Like. 2016. Yeah, it, it's been it's been it's been since uh, it's been post uh, 2014. 2014. Hold on one second. I think you muted yourself. Yeah, yeah. I just that's my wife. 2015. Oh. 2015. Okay. Gotcha. So about roughly four years ago. Hey, four or five. Sure, no, I'm not sure if that's. Exactly. Yeah. But I mean, the reason yeah, I asked, yeah, the the reason I asked that is because since then you would think somebody at, that's overcome diabetes or not dealing with diabetes. Do you still deal with diabetes? Oh yeah, that's that's mm-hmm. lifelong. Gotcha. Okay, but having overcome, I'm guessing the prostate cancer, going through the the heart surgery, and now it's like, are you like desk ridden? Are you still going out and like running, like exercising? That like uh, you, you seem very vibrant. Yeah, my exercise is part. That's not, you know, I was doing a lot, you know, doing an hour exercise. That's, 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 that's my big challenge. Like, gotcha. But I mean, are, you're still, like, you're able to just, say, go for a walk or, like, a brisk walk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah it's, different. It's, different. it's different. Gotcha. I could, like, I could jog upstairs to, you know, I'm in the basement of my house. I could jog upstairs. Okay. I, would I mean, uh, <laughs> now, now, uh, Gotcha. That that's good because it's like a, a lot of people may go through that and may not recover. Or like you said, you have something happen to you, and if you just mm-hmm. kind of respond to it all the time, to where it's like, oh, this isn't fair. This like, why me? Why me? Poor me. But you took it like having that mind shift to where you're like. Oh, okay, like now, like I'm gonna do something with this, and then yeah. you proceeded to write the book. And how long did the book take you? Um, from, from when I first started, I, I could really tell you. I have when I first started writing in the book. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I think I would say 2017 to now. Okay, gotcha. And I, I remember you talking about it from time to time where you're just like, I'm, I almost got it, but it's, it's just like this the last little things just kept on like. Yeah, at one point, uh, I went to somebody that had them help with that. And once they, once they were able to help you out, was that like, it just. No, that, that wasn't a good experience. Ooh. They uh, it really messed up. Okay. It's time to rewrite the book. Mm. So then, did you just end up finishing it up on your own, or um, yeah, no, get, I, no, get I, I, I somebody. Uh, I, I found you know the one thing I, I, I agree with what people are is uh, people can't help you. They also, they, they I don't know how to say. Your, your volume's coming in a little low. Okay, I'm sorry. Can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. Um, they can't. You, you you really it doesn't it doesn't work. It's not going to be a quality piece of work if you edit. I, now some people you know if you're an English teacher or something maybe that's how to work. Mm-hmm. I just think uh, you need to have somebody else edit your book other than yourself. Yeah. Okay. So that was it. That was gotcha. Yeah, baby. That's when I had the quadruple bypass. Wow. What'd you say? Oh, 2017 is when I had. It. Mm-hmm. So it's just it's been two years. So you had it right at like was it right before you started the book or about the same time? No, I don't want to say. Okay. 
when did I started writing writing the book? Was I writing the book when I was in the hospital? Yeah, because the first the first iteration of it, I had a different. I had a different yeah 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 i was writing it right around that time mm. like like right around that time the first time i i put a, a outline for the book mm. was uh august 2017 so i was doing it at the same time wow and you finished oh no no, no, no. i see i see oh okay it was in 2016 2016 yeah 2016 and you finished it when this year like print and all uh Hey, Boogie, when did I finish the book? I'm sorry, man. No, you're good. We're starting to get to the throes of the day now. <laughs> you're good. I mean, just once you get that answer, we can wrap up if you want. But the um, it's been great having you on. And it's just, just always talking to you or just like hearing from you is always a pleasure for me because I'm like, just up and coming and being able to just like soak soak it in. But the thing that's been very helpful recently, it's like going from the point where I'm just gathering the information to actually like putting like foot to concrete and like getting in action, getting in motion. And just like doing this interview podcasting, it's like for me, I, I feel like it's me utilizing a gift to where I enjoy being able to talk to people and more so listening to people. So it's also is always interesting to hear where other people come from and like what they have to share and to be able to create like say a platform for people that may be in the background or that you may not like know completely like how they think or like what's important to them. Like being able to like share that with the world I think is is really important. And I'm just happy I, I got started. Like started, stopped, delayed, waited a bit, but picked up consistency. That's awesome. Hey, listen. Yes, sir. No, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. Um, uh, I just, what I want you, what I want you to do is think about how you can take. You know, th- let me let me say this. Too. This is what I learned. Don't look for amazing ideas. Just be amazing with simple ideas, right? Mm-hmm. So let me say what I mean. Jerry Seinfeld has an award-winning, Emmy-winning show, and you know what that show is about? This. What you doing with me? <laughs> yeah, it's called Comedians in Cars. He just drives around cars with me. Yep. You know, because people want to go through this dialogue, right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's my. Uh, They're missing you on the line. I better stop. <laughs> the line. That's the uh, uh, people from the uh, homeowners association. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, so I gotta kind of start my day. I, should I talk to you all day if I could? <laughs> Likewise. Talking to you. Yeah, you know, I'm probably going to have to wrap it up and get get into the throes of my day. Yes, sir. We'll have to do it again. Absolutely, man. Thank you. Cool. Thank you. Always always a pleasure. Take care.